lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Totters and Aaron McIntyre, they're here with me as well. If you'd like to join us today, let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Gab, where else? Uh, iTunes. Stitcher, Google Play, everywhere. Um, we're on Parlor. Follow us there. Uh, over on Twitter, at Steve Day Show. And, of course, if you're looking for clips of the program that you can sample yourself and then share with others, go to YouTube.com slash Steve Dace or Rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Always excited when we get to introduce a brand new partner here with the program. And we want to introduce you to our new friends over at SmartMail because free email services like Gmail and Yahoo, you know, there aren't, they aren't really free. Uh, you pay for them with your privacy. That's right. They're monetizing your data, your data. And since those companies have access to every email you send and receive, big tech can sell that data to the highest bidder and often does. That's why you want to trust SmartMail to secure your email. It makes you feel safe again. All right. Uh, Keep your email private, period. Every single email will be made safe again with Startmail. For example, right before we went on the air today, I got an email, because I haven't had a chance to set up my Startmail account yet. Uh, I got an email uh, that was, it looked just like it was from iTunes, telling me that I had subscribed to their service with a seven-day trial for $199. Now, of course, I did not do that. But when you looked at the at the email, it was very clear this was a it was a fishing expedition. This is fishing. I mean, they're trying to get me to go over there and say, wait a minute, I didn't do this. It's a very clever scam. Instead of stealing your identity, they can't do that to me because I have uh, that kind of protection as well. So instead of stealing the identity, they make it look like uh, someone is trying to steal your identity so that you log into their server, hand over your data, and then you're screwed, right? This is why you want to use services like Startmail. You get unlimited anonymous aliases. Um, this feature protects your main email address from spam and these kinds of phishing attacks like I just told you about. And they can be deleted at any time, all right? So if you don't trust big tech, and you shouldn't, all right? Start securing your email privacy with Startmail. Sign up today. You'll get 50% off your first year. Go to startmail.com slash Steve. That's startmail.com slash Steve. S-T-A-R-T, just the word start. Startmail.com slash Steve. You get 50% off your first uh, year with Startmail. All right, let's get to today's show. It's a Tuesday. We're going to talk Pop Culture Tuesday next hour when we look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism. And last week, Warner Brothers announced that a new Superman movie is on the way, but we have conflicting reports about what that movie will be. Will it include Henry Cavill, the uh, existing uh, Superman within the DC universe, or will there be some kind of reboot of the character with a black Superman? We're going to discuss that coming up next hour on the show. Uh, Also for fake news or not, you two are going to turn the tables on me. Ron DeSantis was the other big keynote speech at CPAC over the weekend. I didn't see a nanosecond of it, Uh, but you guys uh, went through the speech. You've selected a few clips and I'm going to decide Uh, with these clips of Governor DeSantis, whether these are fake news or not, right? 
that's what we're doing. That's the show. All right. The bottom of the hour of this hour, you know, our theme this year is the answer is us. We're going to introduce you to a couple of grassroots activists here in Iowa who are already making a dent against the masquerade, even organizing an event against it at the state house Capitol. And they're just, they're just a couple of everyday ladies, like all of you in the audience, but they're going to give us some pointers. You know, how can you do this where you live? The good thing is I'm getting inundated with emails right now. People asking me, how do I do this? How do I do that? That's good. Uh, People are getting inspired to get up and take action and practice self-governing again. We're going to give you some pointers on that coming up at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, of course, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the photo that might be the downfall of Andrew Cuomo. A third accuser has come forward with allegations of sexual harassment against New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Anna Rush told the New York Times late Monday that Cuomo had touched her in ways that made her feel uncomfortable while the two happened to be at the same wedding reception. She says the governor, seen here, also touched her face and asked to kiss her moments after they met. U.S. Congresswoman Kathleen Rice became the first Democratic member of Congress to call on Governor Cuomo to resign after the latest allegations surfaced last night. She joins numerous state lawmakers in those calls as well. Checking in on the White House while millions of Americans are still out of work, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas said this. Do you believe that right now there is a crisis at the border? I think that the, uh, um, the answer is no. Meanwhile, Press Secretary Jen Psaki dodged the question about bringing workers into the United States while so many are out of work. That the president of Mexico is expected to propose is an idea to bring uh, an immigrant labor labor program to the U.S. that could bring 600 to 800,000 immigrants a year to work legally in the United States. Uh, is that something President Biden would consider? I, I've seen reports of that. I believe that's a step that would require Congress. Um, I'm sure we'll have a readout after uh, the bilateral meeting this afternoon, and they both will be speaking after it as well. Dr. Seuss Enterprises has canceled six Dr. Seuss books for supposed racist imagery. This follows the news that the White House has removed any mention of Dr. Seuss from Read Across America Day out of concerns for racial undertones in Dr. Seuss's work. Here's a completely unrelated photograph of former First Lady Michelle Obama reading a Dr. Seuss book to kids surrounded by Dr. Seuss characters. Anywho, moving on, I'm sure the White House would be fine with this book, though. E is for five. C is for coming out. D is for drag. I is for intersects. J is for joy. Q is for I don't know what Q. That's okay. Q is for queer. Queer. What was the name of this book? The gay Apparently lauding mental illness is a thing conservatives do now. Former Trump director of national intelligence Richard Grinnell shared a post from a dude who thinks he's a lady who attended CPAC last weekend to apparently prove that conservatives aren't transphobic or some New York Post headline, Gay Polly Thruple Makes History, lists three dads on a birth certificate. Learning Chinese today, today's raise is confirmed. Gay Polly Thruple to speak at CPAC 2022. In terms of undeserved criticism of CPAC, on the other hand, Hyatt Hotels, whose Orlando location recently hosted CPAC, is slamming the group for supposed hate symbolism and hostility. The hate symbolism stems from the stage being shaped like a Nazi symbol. 
The hotel chain also slammed the event's attendees for not properly adhering to their social distancing and mask guidelines. The adoption agency Bethany Christian Services announced recently they'll be serving homosexual couples nationwide now. In Texas, four people, including a justice of the peace, have been arrested on 150 counts of voter fraud. Medina County Justice of the Peace Thomas Ramirez was arrested February 11th after Bandera Grand Jury indicted him and three others two days prior. Ramirez is facing one count of organized election fraud, one count of assisting voter voting ballot by mail, and 17 counts of unlawful possession of a ballot or ballot envelope. Speaking of Texas, Governor Greg Abbott is expected to announce today he's loosening some coronavirus restrictions in the state. Since June 26th of last year, businesses have been limited in their capacity since Since July 2nd, Texas has had mandatory masking in public places. New York Times headline, COVID-19, the U.S. is edging towards normal, alarming some officials. And finally, the OG of genderless potatoes. On Friday, I was about to go get dinner for my kids when Donald Trump Jr. attacked me in his speech at CPAC. Um, Something about me looking like a gender-neutral potato head. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Gabby Insurance. If you're looking for ways to save money, uh, how'd you like to keep an extra, I don't know, 960 bucks a year in your pocket? That's how much Gabby customers on average save per year on car and homeowner's insurance. That's why when you're shopping for insurance, use Gabby. It's the time of year to go shopping for those kinds of things. And Gabby will take the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top providers out there, including big time national companies like Nationwide and Travelers. Just link your current insurance account and in minutes they'll be able to give you quotes for the kinds of coverage you're looking for in comparison with what you already have. And hey, if you've already got great coverage, the best you can get uh, in in, in your market, uh, then they'll tell you. That's what they told me. And you get the peace of mind of knowing that you're getting the most bang for your buck. So whether you want to find out, do I have the best coverage I can get? Or you want to find out, can I do better? Um, They will be able to help you at Gabby. So you're probably overpaying on car and homeowner's insurance. Why not find out for yourself? See how much Gabby can save you. It's totally free to check. There's no obligation. Go to Gabby, G-A-B as in boy, G-A-B-I, Gabby.com slash Dace. That's Gabby.com slash Dace. In the overtime today, we'll be talking about the canceling of Dr. Seuss. So if you want to watch that today, you need to be a Blaze TV subscriber. We'll be recording that right after the program here this afternoon, and then it will be posted and updated and uploaded for you later today at blazetv.com slash Dace. That's where you can watch it. If you're already a Blaze TV subscriber, if you're not yet one and would like to become one, blazetv.com slash Dace is where you can go to get a discounted subscription for all the exclusive content we do here at Blaze TV. You never know. The day may come, like tomorrow, where you can't get us anymore. We've been canceled everywhere by big tech. And the one place you'll be able to know you can still get our content is directly from us at blazetv.com slash Dace. Okay. Let's let's get to the montage here, and let me let me let me start with a disclaimer. I, I gave this to Todd and Aaron before we went on the air today, and I, I want to give it to all of you as well. I'm on whatever is after your last nerve. I'm there. Um. I'm not even angry now. 
I'm at that stage after after you threw a tantrum, after you acted out. I'm at I'm it I'm it's a quiet seething. And you just need to know, pardon my French, I'm in zero F's given mode right now. Fair? Always. Okay. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind with what I'm about to say next. We laid this marker down on our show a couple of years ago. And I just want to reset it again. It would be one thing if it was just one or the other or a couple of things by themselves. The masquerade of the COVID fascism, I'm at the end of patience with it. But that's only just one aspect of how we live, you can find a lot of ways to get around it. Well, if you live in Iowa instead instead of Texas, you can. Okay. Um, but in a lot of places in the part of the country where we live, you can find ways and stuff to get around it. Where you can live relatively um, mask hole free. Not completely, but relatively. Fair? That's a, yeah, that a fair oh, assessment? Yeah, totally. Okay. All right. It's, it's the comprehensiveness of What's going on? Because there's a foul stench of sulfur in the room. And the lack of vigor or zeal to confront it is, 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 has, has wearing me down here to the nub. And I shouldn't have been shocked. I shouldn't have been. In fact, come to think of it, I should have been shocked if it did not occur. But a CPAC booth with a broken human being who is either A, struggling with untreated mental illness and needs counseling, therapy, and or B, is demonically deceived and needs spiritual wellness and wholeness. I, I just want to say again, hell no. Because that's where this lie comes from. Hell no. Nope. And I want to lay a marker down. Mark the tape. All of us should have at least one hill to die on. If we don't, then we don't have a life worth a living. You don't stand for anything. This is the absolute last latch on Pandora's box. This is us as humans pretending 
we can undo and remake reality itself. The first fundamental thing that is ever said about a human being in their existence is a pronouncement of their gender identity. It's a boy. It's a girl. It's the most and first fundamental fact about each and every one of us. Fearfully and wonderfully made. There is no placating this. There is no accommodating this. Anybody wearing my uniform who thinks otherwise is my enemy because they are working for the enemy. And I will treat you accordingly. If you go weak on this, if you surrender, you're not really conserving anything of virtue or value. And you are an enemy of Western civilization. I don't care how many platforms this cost me. I don't care how many jobs it cost me. By now, you know this about me. I really don't care how many friends almost anything costs me. I will John Bon Jovi blaze of glory this mofo in three seconds. Make it my last will and testament in this fake movement slash industry. Scorch earth as many people on the way out the door by name as I possibly can. And then go and enjoy a nice quiet life of solitude. And rest in the fact. I don't have to give my opinions anymore because they won't be able to be distributed anyway. This is absolutely the hill to die on. <laughs> Frankly, it's the last hill to die on. It's the last one left. We watched Planned Parenthood negotiate baby parts over, over Caesar salads. Nothing. We gave up on marriage. We gave up the schools. The education system, our defeat there is so complete. We're now the ones fighting to get the kids back into the indoctrination fact factories. And the almighty powerful teacher unions are like, nah, you just keep paying us for TikTok videos. Limited government, what is it? Mitch McConnell out there tweeting before I went on the air about how 9% of the Democrat COVID relief bill, which is not a COVID relief bill, it's a blue state lockdown bailout bill. But don't only 9% of this bill goes to the American people. Hey, dude, F you. How much of your crap sandwich bill in December went to the American people compared to gender studies in Pakistan? I, 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 I know in my anger I should not sin, but I really, really, really want to. Badly. I'm seething. I'm almost to the point where Michael Douglas is going to park the car in the overpass on the interstate and just leave it there. And that's when the movie really begins.
but hell to the no. The irony of CPAC entertaining this. And then a day later, the story comes out. What's the number? 86,000 cases of abuse that the Boy Scouts of America are facing right now. 86,000. 86,000. Gee, by golly, I wonder why they're facing all of these issues. I don't know. Maybe it was a terrible idea to change the rules, to pretend you could alter reality. You'll find out when you do that reality bites. All of those victims, every last one of them, let's say 75% of those cases are fake. I doubt it, but let's say that they are. You're still talking about 20-some thousand boys abused in the Boy Scouts since they abandoned their plumb line. Yeah, that should break your heart. But it should make you very, very mad. Very angry. I will torch everything in my wake over this issue. And I mean everything. This is a doctrine of demons. It is incentivizing people to remain mentally broken, emotionally shattered, demonically deceived. There are few things we could conjure up that are more of a fist shake at God than this one. In fact, I'm not sure I could think of one. Because everything else is a perversion of his morality. This one is a denial of reality. If you lose on this, if you give on this, how in the world would you be able to reset reality on anything? If I can deny my own body, walk into a doctor's office and tell him, you know what? I was thinking about it, doc. I want you to chop my arm off. What is every doctor going to say? You need counseling, mental health. This isn't right. Forcibly committed. Walk in there and say, you know what? I want you to chop my penis off. Well, we have an outpatient procedure for that. Congratulations. This is sick. We're sick. It's evil. There's no winners. Everyone involved here is a loser. If we cannot say no to this, then we're all just wasting our time. There is no point in fighting on anything. Sell out now. Cash all the checks you can. You're already a whore. I will torch everything in my wake on the way out the door over this. Everything. I have enough of my own sins to answer for in eternity. 
but I will be damned if I have to look my creator in the eye one day and explain to him why I didn't do everything I could and kept my trap shut over what was one of the clearest, most insane, demonically inspired deceptions in the history of humanity. Previous pagan cultures treated castration as punishment. Eunuchs were made that way so that they would be safe around the king's harem and many queens. No need worrying about you violating my property when you no longer possess the violator. It was the sign of shame and servitude. Even in deeply pagan cultures that didn't walk into nice office buildings to practice their child sacrifice, but did it out in the open and threw their babies into the fire. Elevating this to some form of celebrity status. Some new class of people. It is not. There are only two kinds of people. And it's not white, black, Jew, Gentile, male and female. That's it. Those are the only two kinds of people God has ever made. Give up the rope on this and go ahead and tie that rope around your neck and kick the chair out from underneath you while you're at it. Because turn out the lights on this culture. The party is over. That may happen. That may occur. But not until I extract as high of a body count as I possibly can on the way out the door over it. The answer is no. Hell no. Because that's where this comes from. And I just want to reset this one last time. So do not be surprised at how I may or may not behave in the future if we persist on this road. Don't say I didn't warn you. I don't care. I don't have a mansion to lose. I would count it all joy, count it an honor to lose whatever mediocre standing I have in this movement slash industry over refusing this damnable doctrine. It would be my pleasure to have this be my parting shot. I would love nothing more. I can't think of a better way to go out, frankly. Especially because most of the time you either die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. No. And all of you watching me and listening to me right now, that needs to be your answer as well. If you care about conserving a scintilla, an iota of whatever it is that this country was founded to stand for and still does, this is the one you have to draw the line. The line must be drawn here. No further. No. 
At some point, lines must be drawn. We've let them draw on their side every last line. And we fall back. They draw another line and we fall back. And then we raise our hand. Can I get a religious conscience clause? The line must be drawn here and no further. If you lose this one, there won't be any more lines to draw anyway. You lost. You will be the generation that Reagan warned us about. Who will once have to look their children and grandchildren in the eye. And tell them what it was like in America when we were free. Everything else that you oppose in this culture and find vile comes from the same spirit of the age that sponsors this. But this, as Todd eloquently put it last week, this is the Thanos snap of Western civilization. This is it. This is the end of it. We lose our grip on reality itself. Not on this show. And we will shame everybody in our midst who gives up the rope on this on the way out the door. Mark my words. You know, we do so many cool things for our pets, grooms, cuddles, walks. Feed them. I I guess you got to do that every now and then, right? But you know what your pet really needs and may not be getting is nutrition because chances are that store-bought food that you bought uh, for your pet is dead as a doornail, Uh, just like a lot of the food we buy is for a lot of the same reasons. Stripped of all those live organisms and pre and probiotics, vitamins, minerals, nutrients, antioxidants. That's why we're taking so many supplements these days. Our food has been created for mass consumption and production. And to do that, it needs a longer shelf life. So those things we need the most are often taken out. That's why we need supplements to put those things back into our diets. Your pet needs that too. Thankfully, they now have one as well. It's called Rough Greens. It's a powder that you mix in with the store-bought food your pet already loves, and they're going to love it even more. It not only helps with the taste, but it adds also to the nutritional value. And if you want to see, if you don't see a difference in your pet in 14 days or less, try the Rough Greens Jumpstart Bag today for just $14.95. When you go to roughgreens.com slash blaze, that's R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com slash blaze. Again, roughgreens.com slash blaze. So our theme for the show this year, is the answer is us. I was just looking at a Federalist article during the break that said, if states do not start rolling back their lockdowns, we are going to see an increase in civil disobedience. May that be true. Uh, Frankly, I would have thought we were going to see more of it by now. But I do agree that people's patience with this is up, if not just about up. So what do we do, not just in organizing against masks and lockdowns, but on a grassroots level, just in general? You guys have heard me bragging on some of the grassroots activism that we have been a part of in in putting together here in Iowa uh, over the last decade plus. And even though we're considered one of the freest states in the union, I think Oxford, when it looked at all of the various um, uh, lockdowns and mitigation efforts around uh, the U.S., what were we, were we, were we third or fifth? Fifth, fifth? I believe. So, so we were in the top five. But 
here's how you here's how you you stay in the top five though. You don't rest on your laurels, right? There, there's at no point in a game does a coach after his teams won a big game say, "All right, I guess it doesn't matter if we win another game because we won this game, so it doesn't make a difference." It doesn't work that way. Nor should it work that way with your politicians. But that takes persistent activism. Where do you start? Well, let's welcome Katie and Bree to the program. Just a couple of regular everyday people here in Iowa, like regular everyday people watching and listening to us around the country. Ladies, how are you? Welcome to the Blaze. It's good to have you on the show. Thank you. Yes, we're honored to be here. All right. So just to secure your everyday American credentials, tell us a little bit about the two of you. Who are you? I'm Bree Johnson and I, um, my background's in marketing and uh, public relations, so I, I did seven years with a state agency, but then uh, I stay home now, and well, my kids were in our schoolroom, and um, I just, yeah, I got involved because this was a pain point, but yeah, I have no formal training for any sort of legislative know-how, and um, that's me. Yeah, and I, I certainly don't. I stopped. Um, we started our family young, and so I stopped, and we are a homeschool family. Um, so I had a little bit of political background when I was in college, but that wasn't you know actively pursued. So it's been a learning curve. Um, yeah, no official formal training. Which means, with all due respect to you two ladies, I'm sure you have some God-given intelligence, right? But... <laughs> If you guys can do this, virtually anybody in the audience, anywhere in the country, can do what we are about to talk about, right? Absolutely. Yes, everybody has tools at their exposure or skills or passions that they can bring to this, and we say that a lot. Yep. All right, so tell us about the organization that you guys started here in Iowa. Yep, so we work with Informed Choice Iowa, and we are a true grassroots organization. We're a nonprofit and uh, we represent a diverse group of Iowans and we advocate for vaccine safety. That is immensely important to us. We advocate for informed consent when you're going to the doctor's office, making sure that you are fully aware of all, both the risks and the benefits to that decision. And we oppose mandates because we don't believe that health is a one size fits all approach. We just don't feel that that serves Iowans or the country or just humans in general. So we oppose mandates and um, we like to support our elected officials with cited and sourced um, information and data and so that they can make uh, very quality legislative decisions for the constituents that they represent. And we also like to hold our public health departments as well as for-profit health organizations accountable for the services that they provide. So uh, I think our audience needs to understand there are numerous groups like yours in the state of Iowa and mm-hmm. on, on, on a cross section of issues. For example, I mean, I, I probably was for a period of time when I worked at the blowtorch here in, in Iowa, I was probably as connected to the statewide conservative grassroots as many, maybe any human being in the state of Iowa was. I didn't even know who the NRA lobbyist was in Iowa. Never met him. Didn't know his name. Didn't care. And yet I was, we were, I, we did all kinds of activism on, on, on second amendment issues. 
without the NRA. Mm-hmm. We just bypassed them, just did all these things our own on our own on a local level. We had a couple of people who were really good at this, particularly one family. And a lot of this kind of stemmed out of their shoe leather, which, which is what you guys are talking about. And so we just totally bypassed the whole, is our NRA guy just an incumbent protection program or is he really here to uh, promote uh, you know, uh, uh, the Second Amendment or not? We just said, we're just going to do this ourselves. This has been done on, on a cross section. They're not, what, what, what Katie and Bree are doing here, folks, is not isolated. Iowans, like these folks, have organized on virtually every issue you can imagine that we care about as conservatives. And that has helped to create, this is not a one-off, that has helped to create an atmosphere where they're, they're ticked off about masks in Iowa, and yet, having spent a lot of time in Iowa and Texas in the last few months, Iowa is dramatically freer than Texas is. And it's because of families and and individuals like this who have decided, I'm not going to wait for Team GOP to do this for me. I'm not going to wait for the the big Washington conservative lobbying group and whatever proxy that they send out here who's probably just here to, you know, uh, curry access with the Republican leadership. We're going to do this ourselves. I think, do you guys agree, it's important to note that we've done a lot of this in Iowa to just bypass the entire Republican infrastructure. Yes, absolutely. What we're seeing now, too, is like people are craving. And so what they're doing is they're reaching out, whether it's, you know, Unmass Iowa or, you know, educational opportunities to learn more about the Constitution and the founding documents. Um, People are craving those opportunities and um, we're seeing a snowball into um, those relationships and then relationships, which we always tell our members, foster those relationships with your elected officials. That is key. Go to their, uh, you know, local community gathering and you know, meet with them one-on-one, have coffee with them because that is really, um, what's going to be the, the easiest to do and the most impactful. Those, those conversations need to start happening before, you know, a lot of people say for second amendments, well, when they start coming to my door, that's when I'm going to get involved. It's, it's too late then. We need to be fostering good relationships with legislators. Now your legislators should know who you are and you don't have to drive hours to the Capitol to do that. Uh, like Bree said, sign up for the newsletter. So you're aware of events in the district and you can meet them face-to-face, continue those conversations over the phone, over emails, and you will be seen as an invested member uh, of the legislative process. And that will carry weight when you come to the table. Don't wait, you know, when you're walking in to a subcommittee to have that be your first encounter. Foster those now. I think people also need to know not to be intimidated, that they would be surprised how little layers of bureaucracy there actually are between their state legislator and themselves that a lot of times you're not having to go through this is another reason just to bypass the republican party process and do this on a grassroots level because if you get organized at that level you guys have proven there's really nothing standing between your legislator and you that you can have the most direct leverage and access to them yeah absolutely i mean we started three years ago and we are so thankful we started fostering the relationships and beginning the conversations uh when we did because you know reflecting now we 
place and we're able to host things like um, the image there, the Freedom Rally 2.0, the one we did in the summer, um, you know, rallying around our elected officials to really take a stand because they are seeing the lobbyists. I mean, we might not, but um, or, you know, like different advocacy groups might not be aware of who the lobbyists are, but the legislators are. And um, and so, like, if if you're fostering those relationships, you're going to be equally as influential uh, as the paid lobbyists because you are their constituent and, um, you know, they have an obligation to represent you. So covering the COVID issue on our show for going on a year, we're we're approaching the one year anniversary of 15 days to flatten the curve. Okay. (laughs) Um, By the way, right now in America, less than 3% of all ER visits are for COVID-like symptoms. That's actually not much lower than the number has been almost this entire time. Only once in the entire pandemic have we exceeded more than eight, eight single digits, more than 8% of all ER visits in America for COVID-like illnesses. That's only happened more than 8% one time in the entire history of the pandemic. And remember, the whole the whole rationale for the lockdowns was to prevent the hospital system from being overrun. Well, 8% of COVID illnesses or ER visits for COVID illnesses around the country means that I'm sure individually we have seen hospitals overrun, but corporately, systemically, this has not been an issue this entire time. And so I've been following this story, doing this story here on the show. And it's been fascinating because, you know, I hear from all the people all over the country just wishing they lived here, glowingly speaking of our governor. And and if we're going to grade Kim Reynolds in comparison to the other governors around the country, she probably does deserve an A. But what I loved about this and about groups and, and, and the atmosphere we have here in Iowa is the very first, I think this was the first day, wasn't it? The very first day of the legislative session when they all come back together at the beginning of January. Our governor, who a lot of a lot of your fellow conservatives around the country have Iowa envy right now, wishing that they were as open and free as we are. Our governor was welcomed by what? What did you guys organize the very first day of the legislative session? Yeah, so we had our free rally 2.0 for day of session. Um, and that truthfully was to protest the ongoing state of emergency. And as you said, if we're looking at governor compared to governor, we are pulling in pretty high as one of the freest states in our nation, and we are so thankful for that. Um, but it, it's unfortunate that when we are talking about things like the state of emergency, our emergency powers code, that we start to justify that by the actions of the governor. We're not as bad as California. We're not as bad as New York. We need to stop weighing our policies and our code our emergency powers code up against what other governors are doing, what our governor is choosing not to do. We are so thankful for the constitutional considerations that she has given to her actions and authority. But we need to start weighing this code up against the Constitution and the Constitution alone. And that's something that legislators recognize, our freedom-loving legislators here in Iowa They recognize that we had been in communication with them since our first freedom rally, and they actually are the ones that requested we do this um, to send a loud and clear message that this needs to be a legislative priority this session. Hmm. All right. So we got about three minutes here. Anybody around the country watching, listening right now, give them and they're like, okay, I I mean, I'm interested. How do we do this? Can you give them three pointers right now to get them started uh, on the right foot? 
to make this sort of grassroots organization, if they put the effort in, happen? Yeah, absolutely. It all starts with ideas and conversations. So start seeking out like-minded individuals. Um, Our group started with two, two or three. They saw something was an issue that wasn't being dealt with, and so they took it upon themselves. But don't stop there because ideas are only as great as the action that spurs from them. So start, you know, once that community is established, take it to the legislative level. Start forming those relationships with your legislators, with other legislators, one at a time. It doesn't have to be intimidating. That's We did it slow and steady, one at a time, and we've made huge strides here. And you absolutely can do that in your state, too. Ladies, it's a pleasure having both of you with us. Thank you for the work you're doing. Um, And I think for those that don't understand, even if you have somebody who has shown some level of constitutional restraint as a governor, as Kim Reynolds has throughout this process, outside of when they talk to us, the influence and pressure they get everywhere else is to shred that constitution. We are likely the only influencers and encouragers and, and, and pressure cookers uh, telling them the opposite of that. And so remember, in the end, politics is a game of leverage. All right. The best ability is availability. You, you lose 100 percent of the battles you don't ever show up for. So if we're the only influencers going towards our freedoms and way of life they're going to hear from, then guess who they need to hear from an awful lot? They need to hear from us. So thanks to both of you for what you guys are doing and appreciate it. Have you guys on the show today. All right. Take care. God bless for the opportunity. Thank you. You bet. All right. What do you guys think? Cool chicks, man. I mean, I hope my four turn out just like them. The whole scam of the tug of war between uh, housewife versus having it all in career, just utter nonsense. This, this is the future. Women like this are the ones who save a culture because they see the world holistically. They don't set up these false dichotomies. Mm-hmm. Those are two future governors right there. The ones that are taking the time right now, raising their kids while making sure the environment around them is safe, picking issues, using their time as they can. But when their kids are raised and ready to go on, I want these two women running the state of Iowa. Kim has done a phenomenal job so far. How do you make sure she continues to do a phenomenal job? Efforts like this. Yes. Yeah. Aaron, there's at least this year so far, it seems like every other day there's something from the state, our home state of Iowa that I could highlight in the montage. Just yesterday, it was the um, effort, uh, legislative effort to to ban critical race theory in public schools. You know, uh, a few weeks ago, of course, it was the mask uh, mandate being being lifted uh, just it seems like every every other day, and it's because of groups like this. You're absolutely right, Steve. You're absolutely right. The the less bureaucracy or the layers of bureaucracy that you really don't have to put up with to talk to your legislator shouldn't stop anybody at all from from contacting them and applying that leverage. We'll come back. Fake news or not, coming your way. We'll do it with Ron DeSantis' a CPAC speech next. Greetings, back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre and Todd Erzin and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think. 
Email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, and Gab. Also on Parler. Uh, we, we try to put as much of our COVID stuff as we can out there on the various socials, but with today's censorship, who knows for sure what can be seen, approved, et cetera. The one place we know all of it can be is over on Parler. So that's the definite place you want to go to. And in fact, that chart the, with the data that I just cited, uh, at the end of the last hour on the total amount percentage of hospitalizations in America for COVID-like illness currently stands less than 3%, less than 3%. Less than 3%. Less than 3%. Only one time in the entire pandemic has it, has it exceeded 8%. Again, that doesn't mean there aren't individual hospitals that have been overrun. We've seen them. We're talking about holistically, though. We're not, we're not talking about hospital policy, and we're also not talking about healthcare treatment. We're not the people qualified to do that. We're talking about public policy, which is broad-based and impacts the lives of every American, whether they're going to an ER for COVID or anything else for that matter. You don't have a country locked down anywhere. Anywhere. Except for maybe individual places at a moment's notice because there's a temporary issue. But we don't approach the one-year anniversary in nine days. No, 14 days from today. We don't approach the one-year anniversary of 15 days to flatten the curve. Because there's less than 3% of ER visits in America for COVID-like symptoms, okay? You are still in some form of lockdown for many reasons. COVID would not be among them. Get that chart on our parlor account. You can share that with everybody that you know as well. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Get clips of the show that you can sample and share with others at youtube.com slash Steve Dace and also at rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. And if you're a podcast listener, we appreciate you and we ask that you would show your appreciation for us as well. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so. Leave us a five-star review if you haven't done that. Whichever platform you access us via the podcast from, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Amazon, etc. The more of you that do that, the more it helps the podcast to grow. Plus, it pleases the overlords here at The Blaze to know that you are pleased. And also want to thank all of you because we've gotten thousands of these already. So we want to thank all of you that have done those two things for the show before. Thank you very much. Um, before we get to fake news or not, I think this actually will be a good segue to it. We were just discussing this during the break, and I, I think I should let the audience in on this conversation because it ties to the seething I described at the top of the show today. The, the opposition is not what makes me angry. I, I did over 50 appearances on MSNBC. I'm totally fine with opposition, okay? Uh, the opposition doesn't bother me. If anything, I, I enjoy opposition too much, if anything. I'm not, I'm not upset or angry about opposition. What has me seething is the deception. My kids will tell you if they were here today and we slapped the Wonder Woman lasso of truth on them. There's only two things they could do that would make them like legit scared of their old man. Disrespect their mom is number one. Number two, don't lie to me. I'm not a chump. 
I paid for this roof over your head, all the food on your table, all the clothes in your closets. With glee. I love doing it. My favorite thing about working is then turning around and using those resources to spoil the three of you. I've earned more respect than to be lied to. Do not try punking me. Few things are more disrespectful than that. That's how I feel right now about the culture. The opposition doesn't bother me. I don't mind a straight-on fight. Let's do it. If anything, I find that fun. It's the deception. And Aaron, I thought you asked an excellent question when we were discussing in this during the break. Is it lying because you can't tell the truth? Because that's defensive in nature, right? Correct. Propaganda is part of any war, right? Yep. Is it lying because you can't tell the truth? Or you're lying because you don't have to tell the truth? One is defensive as a tactic. The other is malevolent. See, I think it's the latter. I think it's just pure gaslighting. It's those clips you've had of Fauci recently in your montage with even mild pushback. He just resorts to just total complete psycho babble gobbledygook because he has nothing. There's nothing there. Nothing. It's that. That's that's the thing. The gaslighting. Watching him put on their silly masks before they go on the camera. Watching Biden take his off to cough. Right? Yeah. That's the thing right there. That's what it is. I mean, if you were just hopelessly devoted to your idol... Okay, I'm aware there's pagans and unbelievers. I'll put my religion up against yours. I'm cool with that. It's no, it's not it. That's not it at all. If anything, I've got empathy for that level of idolatry. For such as once were all of us, right? Sure. No, it's the gaslighting. It's the fact that I know that you know, and you know that I know that this is all complete. That's what it is. That's what it is. And yet, the carroting and the gaslighting continues. That's what makes me want to park the car in the underpass on the freeway, leave it there, and let the zany hijinks ensue from there. It's the deception. Where does deception come from at this level? That's why I said I detect the smell of sulfur in the room here. We lie. We kill each other. We don't need any help from down below. We will do that as part of the natural instinct of our species. This level of base deception, though, malevolent gaslighting, we need a supernatural nudge for that. And that does come from down below. That's Lord Nefarious speaking to you. And that's why I'm angry. That's why I'm, that's why I'm looking for jawbones of asses. Whips of cords. Tables to turn over. 
because I know that you know, and you know that I know, that this is complete and total horse manure. So with that, let's get to fake news or not, shall we? That's a good segue to fake news or not, right? Sure. All right. So we've got Ron DeSantis's CPAC speech, which I have watched none of. Because uh, I typically don't watch any CPAC speeches. <laughs> I typically don't watch any of CPAC. Um, but since his star is shining brightly at the moment, and as I have pointed out, he's the that's the biggest election in the 2022 midterms, is his gubernatorial election. He is their number one, that's the spirit of the age's number one target, is Ron DeSantis. He might as well change his name to Donald Trump. He's, 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 the, he, he's the control group now. Well, yeah, I mean, you guys can live free in Iowa. Yeah, I mean, there's it's a, it's a 98% white state. There's less than 4 million of you. You can space out, right? They'll just come up with all kinds of excuses about an Iowa or a place like that. But Florida, with so much urban sprawl, so much commuting back and forth, so high of an elderly population, so polarized politically, Florida can't be allowed to stand because if it is possible to be successful in prioritizing the vulnerable with the virus with a way of life at the same time, if you can do it in Florida, then guess where else you could do it? Uh, Everywhere would be the answer. I mean, if you do it in Florida, the answer is you could do it everywhere else. So you guys have selected, what, six clips of Ron DeSantis? That is correct. And I'm going to decide if I think they are fake news or not. Let us begin. It's an oasis of freedom in a nation that's suffering in many parts of the country under the yoke of oppressive lockdowns. We look around in other parts of our country, and in far too many places, we see schools closed, businesses shuttered, and lives destroyed. And while so many governors over the last year had kept locking people down, Florida lifted people up. Florida is leading in protecting our vulnerable residents, saving the economy, and safeguarding the freedom of our people. In Florida, schools are open. Every Floridian has a right to earn a living, and all businesses have a right to operate. Now, we are stronger as a state and much happier as a people because of this leadership. Florida has lower per capita COVID mortality than the national average and lower than 27 other states. Our unemployment rate is lower than the national average, even though tourism isn't fully back. And our budget is in great shape. We have not touched one red cent from our rainy day fund throughout this whole time. Florida got it right, and the lockdown states got it wrong. I mean, that's not only real news. I mean, that is... That's a neutron bomb um, from a messaging standpoint. And, the, and it's not even just the message because we're human beings. We're not constructs. So the messenger often does matter to us. It's, but it's a very folksy confidence that doesn't come across as grating 
or anything of that nature. If anything, I think the average American would identify with it. That's essentially a guy making the case, hey, we just made everyday common sense decisions, didn't follow the the pocket protector crowd, and turned out that common sense won again. I think that is something a lot of everyday Americans actually would not just resonate with that message, but the way in which that message is being conveyed. I think that's not just true, it's powerful. Next clip. Florida has also led and continues to lead on ensuring the integrity of our elections. Now, 20 years ago, if you had uttered the word Florida and the word elections in the same sentence, you would have been met with Snickers. Well, when I came into office, I didn't wait for a crisis. I took early action to make sure we'd have a smooth election. One of the first things I did when I took office in 2019 was accept the resignation of Brenda Snipes as the supervisor of election in Broward County and remove the supervisor of election in Palm Beach County. We got those going in a good direction. And then when COVID hit, I rejected pressure to make hasty and ill-conceived changes to our election administration like mass mailing of unsolicited ballots. And the result, on election night, by midnight, the state of Florida had counted, tabulated, and put out 11 million votes. I mean, I, I mean it's a, that's a Babe Ruth line, man. It ain't bragging if you did it, okay? Ain't bragging if you can do it. So um, that, I think, right now is the number one immediate issue to our base. I mean, my inbox right now is flooded with emails right now telling me the next elections and everything don't matter if they don't address this process. And he's naming names of people he fired that had to go. Didn't tweet about it. Didn't say voter fraud. Do something. Uh, four exclamation points. Sad. No, he just did it. He just did it. And I'm thinking about governors like Doug Dushi over there in Arizona who just couldn't be bothered when, you know, these sorts of things were itemized for him and certified the election anyway. He's out there signing a, a, a distressed letter today about this COVID relief bill. It's not a COVID relief bill. It's a blue state lockdown bailout bill. They're all going bankrupt, belly up for locking down. And so that's what this bill is really about. And he's signing this bill. What terrible legislation it is. Well, I don't know, Mr. Douchey. Is it Douchey, Governor Douchey? Yes, it is. I don't know, Governor Douchey. I mean, maybe if you cared at all about having a, I mean, you know, a, a, an election of integrity, maybe you wouldn't be dealing with the blue state lockdown bailout bill right now. But you didn't care, Mr. Douchey. You, you could not be bothered, Governor Douche. So, therefore, accept your reward in full. Kneel before Zod. Although this Zod has dementia and likely won't remember if you do. Aaron, you wanted to say something? Brenda Snipes. So that was one of the names that he named. Mm -hmm. Remember her? Remember her? I remember doing a couple of mentioning her on a few montages. Listen, I just remember having a bad impression of her. I don't even remember what she did. I just remember having a really, really bad impression of her. And what are we saying now? Oh, yeah. Remember that? If we had somebody like that in the White House last year, I guarantee you right now, March 2nd, 2021. Remember Anthony Fauci? I kind yeah. of forgot about him. Guys, listen, who put Anthony Fauci in charge of the country? Trump did. 
We're all losing our minds today about Christopher Ray, the FBI director, because he told the Senate today, number one, he told Ted Cruz that they don't treat Antifa as a domestic terrorist organization. And then he also said, well, we can't divulge or don't know. I've seen conflicting reports, whichever the answer may be. What happened to Officer uh, Sidnick? Um, yeah, don't worry. Hey, no hurries, man. We only did the country's first ex post facto impeachment ever over this. I mean, Washington, D.C. only looks like a shy comma. It looks like friggin' Tiananmen Square, okay, right now. So take your time. I mean, after all, I mean, who needs the family doesn't even know what happened to their, their friggin' son. So, I mean, what, what are we kidding? It doesn't matter, right? We got nothing but time to worry about this. Who hired Christopher Ray? Who made Christopher Ray head of the FBI? Who kept his sorry ass there? Trump. Trump did. This guy, this is why I'm telling you, this guy does the stuff that Trump just tweets about. He does it. And he does it in the most politically polarized, most expensive swing state in the country. Before we go on, let me tell you for a few minutes about Scoremaster. You know what? The average American can save up to 90 plus points, almost 100 points, can have that added to your credit score. Problem is, how do you get those points? How do you know? That's where Scoremaster comes in. It's the new credit science that will help you super boost your credit score because they put the information into your hands. In fact, you might be able to raise your score like 60 points in three weeks or less because you're going to get the information that uh, the big banks have on you that they're not too prone to share. They're going to show you exactly why you have the score you have, make it very simple to you. And then very make it very simple about how you can get to the score that you want. All right. So if, whether it's a home loan, uh, an auto loan, a business loan, if you're a business owner, this can determine your credit score, not just if you get approved, but if you can get an approval, the, the terms on that loan as well. And a lot of employers are looking at credit scores these days as well. So enroll in minutes, see how many plus points a Scoremaster can add to your credit score when you visit scoremaster.com slash Steve. Again, that's scoremaster.com slash slash Steve. Next clip from Ron DeSantis. We're not resting on our laurels. This year, Florida's leading on banning all forms of ballot harvesting and banning third party and banning third party political groups like those funded by billionaire Mark Zuckerberg from interfering in the administration of our elections. Bottom line is this, in Florida, your vote counts, and we will continue to have a process that is transparent and that inspires confidence. All right, now I thought this was supposed to be fake news or not. Not titillate Steve, okay? Because this is just becoming like political pornography now, all right? This is just becoming gratuitously good. Did you guys like know what kind of mood I came in here today and you thought the old man needed to pick me up? Nope. Okay. Because I mean, I mean, we're just like hitting every one of my love languages right now. The cosmic tumblers are clicking into place, Steve. Okay. All right. Let's go to the next clip. Florida is also leading in protecting our people from political censorship and in holding big tech accountable. When our legislature convenes next month, it will pass and I will sign the most ambitious reforms yet proposed for, for combating political censorship and deplatforming, for preventing big tech from interfering in our elections, and for safeguarding the privacy of your personal data. In Florida, we are not going to let the terms of the debate in our country be set 
by oligarchs in Silicon Valley. Eat a cigarette. You know what? Let's see. Time's the wife coming home this afternoon. All right, in all seriousness. Okay. Actually, I kind of was serious about that part, but um, West Virginia, Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas, Idaho, Utah. Why, why do you guys think I'm naming those states? A lot of Democrats in there. Hard yeah. to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Tennessee. Uh, those are some pretty red states, right? Correct. Yeah. Some of the reddest, right? Yeah. South Carolina, right? Yep. Yeah. All of you that live in those states need to go to your governor and your legislature where Republicans are in total dominant control of these places. I believe it is 19 legislatures in the country where Republicans have so much control they could override a governor's veto. I think Kansas is one of those where you have a Democrat governor for now. She, she'll end up losing. But you could override these vetoes. You gotta, if, you're, if you've got a state with a governor douchey kind of Republican governor, in 19 of those states, the Republican legislature could override their veto. And you need to ask yourselves, or you need to ask them, I should say, how is it this guy is able to do all of this in the most notoriously politically polarized state, swing state in the country? Why can't we do this here? Where political polarization is somebody found a Democrat on a city council somewhere in a college town and they don't know what to do. That's political polarization in Idaho. That's political polarization in Wyoming. Wait. There's a uh, there's a college prof from the University of Wyoming got elected to the state legislature. We got a Democrat, guys. Do something. That is political polarization in a lot of these states. Why hasn't your state already done what Ron DeSantis is doing right now? All the answers to that question, all the potential answers, are all bad. It's either A, you don't have the grassroots organization set up like we do here in Iowa, which we discussed last hour, or B, your governor might as well be Doug Dushy. Then you go to your state legislature and tell them to do something about it because they have the votes, which means they don't have any excuses. Next clip. Now, Florida is leading on the issues that matter to conservatives. We don't spout hollow rhetoric. We take decisive action. And what's true in Florida is true for conservatives across the nation. We cannot, we will not go back to the days of the failed Republican establishment of yesteryear. We reject open borders and instead support American sovereignty and the American worker, building a movement on the foundation of amnesty and cheap foreign labor. Labor is like building a house on a field of quicksand. We reject weakness in the face of the threat posed by China, including their actions in international trade. We reject military adventurism, instead support a strong defense solely for the purpose of protecting our nation and its people. Now the battles ahead will be made more difficult without the voice of one of our greatest field generals, my friend Rush Limbaugh. On Wednesday, the state of Florida had the flags flown at half staff in honor of Rush 
in honor of his legacy. Rush displayed the courage of his convictions time and time again. Rush was one of the first to fight and win against cancel culture. Rush showed that fighting the left requires strength and that conservatism devoid of backbone is doomed to fail. Gosh, I, I really shouldn't say what I want to say. How many more clips are there? I believe the next one is the last one. Yeah, one more. All right, let, let's let's play that clip and I'll contemplate whether I should say what I want to say. Sweep the leg. <laughs> let's play the so next clip. So at this moment in our history, and I think Rush showed us this, but particularly now, standing for the right things comes at a cost. You will be attacked. You will be smeared, and you may even be canceled by the major organs of the political left. Now, anyone can spout conservative rhetoric. We can sit around and have academic debates about conservative policy, and I'm not saying you don't do any of that. But the question is, when the Clegg lights get hot, when the left comes after you, will you stay strong or will you fold? You engage in the battles ahead, hold the line, Stand your ground and don't ever, ever back down. Thank you. <laughs> oh, Ron, our engineer in Dallas just said after listening to all that, he needs a built bar. Nice. I like that. <sighs> I, I wanted Donald Trump to win the last election. I, I think that he won the last election, actually. But when it comes to the next election, I just don't understand. I don't. Tell me. This is, listen, I love Christino. You guys know that, okay? Total smoke show in terms of not just looks, but governance, everything. She's the total package. But it's also South Dakota. They call 911 when they spot a Democrat in South Dakota, guys. They call 911. What is this? Thought we, thought we, uh, had, uh, thought we closed the borders here, okay? This guy's doing this in Florida, guys. Florida. Florida. Stuff Trump has just tweeted about. He doesn't. For the life of me, I don't understand unless you're on his payroll. And that's a lot of people, frankly. Unless you're on his payroll, I don't know why anybody with a platform in our movement, any of you that give us our platforms, provide them for us, think it's a good idea to run the guy who's already so well-defined in front of the American people who has shown no ability whatsoever to not unintentionally try not to alienate people, but instead seems to at times marinate in ways to offend people unnecessarily. That a whole lot of people who in our suburbs and exurbs who should be voting for us didn't vote for him. To me, I, I, I just, I don't get this one. I don't. 
I mean, why not go get the guy who does this stuff, also isn't approaching 80 years old. He already did this stuff. He already did it in a state that's a microcosm of the country from a, a urban diversity population base standpoint. There's not a more contentious political environment every day in America than Florida. And he's already done all this stuff. And he did it without dropping that one Mexican judge or bleeding out of her, whatever. I, I just, I don't know, man. To me, just kind of seems like a no-brainer to me. But what do I know? I, I believe there's only two genders. More in a moment. Hey, don't let your guard down. If we learned anything uh, this past year um, it, it, about our health, it's that, you know, a lot of those things that we were taught when we were younger that have kind of been thrown out in our cutting edge pharma era are more true than ever before. Vitamins, minerals, nutrients, uh, what we put into our body, uh, you know, a preemptive Healthcare, as opposed to a sick care system. Uh, that's where products like Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition come in. Loaded with the antioxidants, Field of Greens is packed with 18 clinically researched essential, essential fruits and vegetables, plus beets and ginger and other things that are good for you as well. It's a powerful combination that can not only support heart health, but a healthy immune system, metabolism, blood pressure, digestion. That's a big thing because remember, that's uh, the, the gut is where the largest immunity uh, system in the body is located. That's so also complete with those pre and probiotics that you're looking for as well. Good for the entire family. Just put one scoop in any water-based drink, mix it together, and you're good to go you're gonna get right there in that drink more fruits and vegetables than the average american will get in an entire day or more so go to brickhousesteve.com if you want to give it a shot get 15 percent off of your first order today when you go to brickhousesteve.com with the promo code steve at checkout and now it's available in multiple flavors brickhousesteve.com promo code steve brickhousesteve.com promo code steve all right let's get to pop culture tuesday when we look at the intersection between popular culture and conservatism, and I, guys, I got to tell you, I'm struggling with something that just I, I just realized. March 18th is when Zack Snyder's Justice League comes out on HBO Max. You know how hyped I am for that. Yep. Okay, that's also the first day of the NCAA tournament, guys. Oh, I, I, you're gonna watch immovable object meets unstoppable force right there. What, what am I going to do? These are the times to try men's souls. <laughs> it's trying my soul right now. Yeah. I mean, what do I do? Because I can't watch it the next day because the next day is the NCAA tournament. I don't know, man. Because then if you wait until Saturday, so you're gonna can you avoid spoiled. all the spoilers yeah. and everything? Everything's online. I mean, dude. You have two options. You can stay up late or get up early. Plus, it's four hours, which has me really excited. Stay up really late or yeah. get up really early. Yes. Heaven and Augustine, Lord, make me chased, but not yet moment. Yes, yes. I love the fact that it's four hours. There's a certain Lord of the Rings yeah. quality to that, which is, hey, man, the studio, you know, did butchered my movie the first time. Now I'm putting everything. I'm putting stuff in that I've, I would have taken out for a shorter theatrical lease. I'm putting it all in. All of it is going in this thing. I love that. 
Okay, so. But that is not the only DC movie news. And that's what we're going to be talking about here with Pop Culture Tuesday. Brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar, where you don't have to make a choice between healthier and tastier food. Because Built Bar is going to give you both. It is the most delicious protein bar you've ever had in your life, I promise you. It's also the most nutritious candy bar you've ever had in your life because it tastes like one. It has the texture of one. Uh, 160 calories or less in every bar, up to 20 grams of protein in every bar, five net carbs or less in every bar as well. So if it's calories, sugar, carbs that you're counting for your healthy lifestyle, uh, a Built Bar fits into each and every one. Over 20 flavors, all covered in real chocolate. The chocolate chip cookie dough one is insanely good. And, and you will not believe, that, like you'll think that, they're, they're, that there's no way that this thing's 160 calories, all right? That's how good it is, but they're all really good as well. Get 20% off your next order or your first if you've never tried it before. Your next or first order right now when you go to BuiltBar.com, B-U-I-L-T for BuiltBar.com. Use my name, last name, Dace as the promo code at BuiltBar.com to get 20% off. All right, so my affinity and affection and adoration for superman is well documented i've talked about it before i've seen the christopher reeve superman film over 230 times um i've talked about you know playing the lego uh, super friends games with noah when he was little and we realized in the in the open world portion that if you took the superman character and just flew around metropolis the john williams superman score plays the entire time so we'd have the screen split up and like noah's doing all the puzzles and everything and all i would do is just fly superman around <laughs> metropolis the whole time so that i could hear the john williams score all right i mean this was a lot of i mean this was my masculine role model growing up I used to wear the towel on the back of my t-shirt. So that scene in Man of Steel where little Clark takes the blanket off and puts that on himself off the clothesline. I mean, that was me as a kid. And I love Man of Steel, by the way. I think that is a great movie. So Warner Brothers has been unsure of what to do with the Superman property since Justice League. You had me at Warner Brothers has been unsure. Yes. Yeah. In general. All right. And there's been a lot of talk of when will there be another Superman film? Uh, Henry Cavill's deal is up. Is he signing another deal? Um, remember in the Shazam film, which is also a good movie, in the Shazam film, the after credit scene, Superman appears, but only in, in, from the S emblem down, you don't see his actual face. Um and so what is the future of that property? Henry Cavill has made it known that he definitely wants to continue playing Superman. And I think he's done a phenomenal job, especially given the material he was given in Justice League, which was which was bad. But um, Warner Brothers has let it be known in the last week that another Superman film is in development. What, it, what we're getting conflicting reports about, however, is what is that film? Now, you guys will recall that when J.J. Abrams, um, when he left the Star Wars universe and went over to Warner Brothers, I predicted that he would essentially become the Kevin Feige of the DC Cinematic Universe, right? Remember, I made that I prediction. There is some talk that Abrams is, is behind the, the development of the next Superman film. But what is in dispute is what that film will be. Will it include Henry Cavill or... There's also talk of this of, of them doing a black Superman. And now, was this a virtue signal because this came out last week, the final week of uh, Black History Month? Who knows? 
okay? So I was just going to share some of my own thoughts and then let you guys comment on it, okay? First of all, I, I don't understand why the, the skin color of a guy, of a character from an alien race would matter one iota, to, like literally anybody, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know why that would matter. And I think, I love Henry Cavill in the role. I think if anything, he's been undersold. Under, I think he's been an untapped talent in the role. Plus, the thing about Henry Cavill that is important as well, and I think this is key when it comes to a character such as Superman, which Superman is our pop culture's greatest myth. He was specifically created by two Jewish guys in New York to be a messianic mosaic type of secular figure on purpose. I mean, the, the, the parallels are direct on purpose, right? His parents sent him from a doomed civilization, sent him in a ship up the river, just like Moses, you know, out the, you know what I'm saying? The, the, the parallels are specific on purpose. They are, they were directly drawing from this wellspring. When Richard Donner made uh, the first Superman film, he made he had just come off of making the omen film which was a huge smashing success and even though he considered himself a lapsed catholic he was very aware of these of these creeds and traditions and teachings of course he had just done he he done a story about the other team on the other side of the street but but with a lot of similar veins in the omen he purposefully injected language from the gospel of john the son becomes the father the father becomes the son he purposefully injected that into the film and into the film's marketing because it was intent on being a symbol of hope this is a, a this is folklore directly from the american providential zeitgeist on purpose it's another reason why i love the character and in man of steel when clark is determining as he's being called out by his first real existential threat to reveal himself to the world and he's debating whether whether or not to do this or not where does he go in man of steel for guidance the, he goes to the, the church. To the, oh, well, yes. He goes, he goes to the church. That's He's literally in there praying, and he's consult, he consults with his priest about what to do. Okay? So, I, 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 this character requires somebody playing the role who embraces that aspect of the role. That you are a symbol of hope to people. And Cavill does that. Christopher Reeves did that. They wanted to do that. They, they wanted to take on that responsibility. And God bless him for it. My, this is my concern about a black Superman. Has nothing to do with the race or skin color. We're talking about an alien being. Who the hell knows? Who, who knows if he doesn't have six noses, right? Who knows? Who, 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 nobody knows, really. It's, it's imaginative. If, if you want to do it, and it's a great actor... I happen to, I love Black Panther. My my complaint about Black Panther, actually, ironically, as a conservative, is I didn't think it was political enough. I thought I thought the 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 interaction between Chadwick Boseman's uh, T'Challa as the MLK character and um Mike, uh, Michael B. Jordan. Is it Michael B. Jordan? Yeah, Michael B. Jordan's uh, Kilgore, who is the Malcolm X character. I found that subtext to be fascinating. I actually wanted to see more of it. 
I thought they, I thought they sh- could have explored that even more in the film. I, I think it, I love the movie. But Bozeman was was also while he understood the politics of the character that he was playing, he understood though that it was a. A, a, a hopeful symbol. He also embraced that. One of my favorite videos that came out about him after his passing is the video he did on Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon where they're at the premiere of, of, of one of the Avengers films, I think it is, and he's backstage and people are coming on camera and talking about how much they love Black Panther and what it meant to see a superhero that looked like them and was like them be a symbol for hope and then like, Bozeman comes out from behind the curtain and these people are shocked to meet him in person. This is a great video. My concern is if the point of making Superman black is because you're concerned that he comes from a, you're struggling to have him resonate with American culture as it currently stands. Now, I think that's a crock, but okay, provided you're going to honor the source material at the same time. And Michael B. Jordan's a character that's been rumored for this role. He's a fantastic actor. I love the, bo- I love the two Creed films. My concern, though, is the motivation for why you would do this. If the motivation is to woke Superman, you will ruin the character. Because, yes, there's immigrant par- parallels as well. You know, he's in a strange land. Will he be accepted? All those things are parallels. But the direct source ma- but that helps all of us relate to Superman in a way. I was an, an immigrant kid, but we moved constantly. I went to 11 different schools when I was a kid. So I totally got the feeling of feeling of being isolated. I had to stay and live in my basement half the time as a kid growing up to get away from my old man. So I totally got the idea of being isolated, not fitting in. The immigrant parallel is that. It's not specifically an immigrant story. It's a story of hope. Obviously, if you're going to have a black Superman, you're going to have to touch on some of those themes. I don't think you can avoid that. But if those are parallels to, to draw on, that's fine. But if, but if he becomes woke warrior, canceling Dr. Seuss, and hey, before you laugh, a major, a major studio did a film where they spent $100 million with, a, with, a, with an Oscar award-winning actor named Russell Crowe turning Noah, a character who is of eminent importance in Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. And they turned him into a paranoid schizophrenic and they made him like Jack Torrance in The Shining. Straight up. And they thought people would go see that. And then when that movie bombed, they turned Moses into a bipolar dude who wasn't sure, played by Christian friggin' Bale, who wasn't sure if God was speaking to him or not, and God was portrayed as a bratty, precocious eight-year-old child. And that movie bombed. So before you say, Steve, they're not going to do that, they're not going to have Superman going Fahrenheit 451 on Dr. Seuss, before you say that, they already did it with Moses and Noah, Okay. And that's my concern. Contemporary updating, even touching on contemporary themes. As I just said, my biggest complaint about Black Panther, I wanted it to be more political. I found the the political subtext fascinating. I wanted to see more of it. I'm okay with that. 
I don't need everybody to agree with me all the time, rub my belly, pat my head, and affirm my values at every, every down to the last morsel and syllable. I don't need that. I'm good. Thanks. Comfortable in my own skin. But if you make him your woke warrior, you'll ruin the character forever. And you'll create the biggest flop in Hollywood history, I promise. You guys have any thoughts on that? Well, that's definitely what it's going to be if J.J. Abrams is the guy doing it. I mean, he's not even black. So he's just going to be absolutely woke Karening this entire thing. I guess that's my only initial thoughts, Aaron. You remember last Sunday, not last Sunday, last summer at the height of the Black Lives Matter Antifa riots across the country when all of the sudden a number of Republican lawmakers in Washington, D.C. decided that it's really time we start changing the names of military bases. Mm-hmm. This is what that is. It, well, this is what I fear that is. Were those military bases named after Confederate generals before those riots began? Yes. Are they still now? Yes, as far as as I'm aware. Were they at that moment? Yes. Why didn't you change them? If that was a priority, why didn't you change them before? Because that's not really that's not really what it's about. That's not really what it's about. Listen, I I, I get the notion. Hey, I don't. I don't care if our if we change our names, uh, uh, military base names. We don't name them after losers. Okay, the South lost the the war, but that's not really what we were doing, was it? No, it was a virtue signal. It was you know what uh, we got to tell the mob that we're down with the struggle. Uh, let's change those names. We got to tell the world. We got to tell America that we're down with the struggle. Let's make Superman black. That's what I fear. This is. Mm-hmm. If you really want to go all in on this thing, like have Jordan Peele direct it and have it be like one of those alternate history things where he shows Superman is black and shows up during the Civil War. Like, it, now th- I think I, that would be kind of fascinating, be, actually. Like go yeah. way yeah. over the top, like this multiverse thing. Don't otherwise. Now that don't I find fascinating, actually. By the way, Jordan Peele made the, the greatest dunk this is what on, I say. On, on progressive race hustlers yeah. of all time called Get Out. Right? Let's go all in. Now, see, I think that's a great idea. Like an alternative movie like the Joker movie was with Walking yes. Phoenix. That's a great idea. Overtime coming your way for subscribers. For the rest of you, see you tomorrow. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.